2: You've been listening to the State of the Union address from President Joe Biden. Hi, this is Brad Young at your service. Let me give you kind of a preview of what we're going to be doing this evening. Uh, In just a few moments, we're going to be going to the Republican response, the GOP response uh, to the State of the Union address. And that's going to be given by Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds. And she's going to be coming to you in just a moment. Then when we come back from Kim Reynolds... Uh, response, the GOP response to the State of the Union address, then we'll have a delayed episode of At Your Service. I'll be with you until 11 o'clock this evening. One of the things that I'm going to want to get from you, the listener, you're, right now you've been listening to the State of the Union address. And after the GOP response, I am going to open up the phone lines. I want to hear what you heard in the president's response tonight in his speech what you heard him say that resonated with you, what you heard him say in terms of addressing your concerns, your your fears, your hopes, your aspirations, because this is the biggest platform for any president during the course of the year is the State of the Union Address. So he touched on a lot of issues. I took a lot of notes during the State of the Union Address this evening, and I'll be going through those uh, those points with my own analysis, but the phone lines will be open during the show, the entire show after the GOP response, because we want to hear from you. That's what at your service means. We're here uh, to not just to talk to you, but to discuss ideas with you. And from my perspective, that's the difference between at your service and a podcast. You can't respond to a podcast. You can't. Call Joe Rogan and ask him questions. You can't interact with him, but you can with this show. So from my perspective, that's what at your service means. 314-436-7900. Not right now, but we're going to be having in just a few moments the GOP response to the State of the Union address from Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds. Some of the the things that uh, President Biden touched on in his speech tonight. Of course, he focused heavily on Ukraine, and, uh, and I'm sure this is a State of the Union address that has been rewritten many, many times. Uh, historically, I've seen interviews with uh, the authors of State of the Union addresses for various presidents. This is something that's in the works for weeks, if not months. It's not something that's just put together you know, an hour and a half before the speech, and so I can promise you that this speech had to be completely rewritten in light of the events in Ukraine. And so he obviously and uh, predictably, but rightfully so, he focused uh, a good 15 minutes of the first uh, of his speech devoted to Ukraine, devoted to speaking about the, uh, the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine, about the, the will of the Ukrainian people in fighting back. And so he discussed that, and I'll, I'll be going through some of those points. But he also used this speech as an opportunity to restate a lot of the agenda of the Democrats in the Build Back Better plan that has now been completely uh, defeated, not because of Republicans, but because of fellow Democrats in the Senate. So he's trying to argue for some of those policies, particularly the child care tax credit, to be brought back in independent legislation. Uh, but it's also interesting because he touched on themes that tell you this is an election year. For example, so many of the Democrats that he was discussing and talking to this evening in the chamber are in favor of defunding the police. Our very own Congresswoman Cori Bush from St. Louis, a strong advocate for defunding the police. Our mayor in the city of St. Louis, an advocate of defunding the police. Our circuit attorney in the city of St. Louis advocates for defunding the police, and she works with the police. In fact, she's considered a law enforcement official. She's in favor of defunding the police. But because this is an election year, polling, pollsters have told the president, have told Democrats that that is a losing position in an election year. And one need not look any further, really, than the state of Virginia to point out that that Glenn Youngkin ran solidly against a Democrat on one on this issue of defunding the police, and he won in uh, Virginia in a race that most pundits predicted he would not win just a month or two before the election. So you saw him emphasizing him being President Biden, emphasizing uh, positions that will resonate with voters come November. Issues like reducing inflation. And and that's an interesting thing to say. And I'll dive into this in more depth and detail after the GOP response. But uh, he, he focused on issues like reducing inflation, curing cancer, finding new vaccines for future COVID variants, things that obviously voters want to hear. And on a lot of these things, there's not going to be a lot of disagreement but he also highlighted positions like no-knock warrants and time uh, I currently don't have time to go into why that is an awful that's a terrible idea. If you say we should be supporting police, you cannot take the position that we should be advocating for no-knock warrants. So I'll go into the legalities of that after the GOP response. But he also talked about repealing gun liability shields. He talked about what those what could have been done to the tobacco industry had a liability shield's not been in place for the tobacco companies. He highlighted the Freedom to Vote Act, which truly isn't the Freedom to Vote Act. The Freedom to Vote Act is a bill that would literally be uh, uh, preventing states from having any input in how their votes are counted. Uh, It's not freedom. It's really a restriction on states, and it's a federal government takeover of the electoral process. So that is a, a bad idea. But he also said something that was truly astounding when he was talking about issues that we should be able to all agree on, and that's securing our border and fixing our immigration system. What was fascinating was I was listening to X, but here in the studio, we've got monitors set up so we could watch while we're listening to the KMOX feed. And the monitors were showing uh, behind President Biden, they showed uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. Vice President Kamala Harris. And when President Biden said we should be securing our borders and fixing our immigration system, both of them refused to clap at that. They wouldn't clap. There were Republicans and Democrats all clapping for that in the House. And yet uh, here's the vice president and the speaker of the House staying silent and not giving any. It's like they they were playing poker. I mean, they were just not allowing their faces to show any emotion at that. And yet. Can we truly have a country if we don't have a border? So it's interesting that President Biden mentioned that, not because a majority of Democrats support support that position. To the contrary, a majority of Democrats don't want a secure border, don't want to fix our immigration system, and want to basically encourage more illegal immigration. But that's not something you can say in an election year. You certainly can't say that from... From the, uh, from the State of the Union address. So you have to say things that resonate with the voters. I get that. And President Biden did that this evening. He also talked about fighting inflation. And this is something I'm going to go through with you as well. It's not something I can describe in a soundbite, but we'll be going through this after the Republican response and how, uh, and how a lot of the policy positions that he advocated here this evening would actually increase inflation. And that's one thing that President Biden and his staff simply don't understand about inflation. President Jimmy Carter's administration didn't understand that either. Because when you increase government spending as a cure to inflation, that's like throwing gasoline to put out a fire. It doesn't extinguish it. It increases it. And so this push from the Biden administration to throw more money at the problem of inflation really is simply going to make the problem worse. It's not going to make it better in any tangible way. The other thing I want to mention here before we get to the GOP response uh, from Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds is uh, when he when he talked very strongly and he used these exact words to we should not be defunding the police. We should not be doing that. And of course, that the response to that in the chamber was almost universal. People clapping at that. But, folks, we know the Democrats have been running on this policy of defunding the police uh, for the last two years very strongly, very vocally. And to me, what's especially interesting, I mentioned Corey Bush earlier. Uh, she She's paid, in the last year, Cory Bush has spent $130,000 of taxpayers' dollars to pay for her own private police while she's advocating that you and I should have our police protection defunded. So those are some of the highlights. We're going to go to a break now. And then uh, shortly after the break, we'll be hearing from GOP, uh, Illinois, uh, I'm sorry, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds. She'll be up after this on Camo X. a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome to a delayed edition of At Your Service. Brad Young sitting in with you this evening until 11. And uh, as I mentioned, in between the President's State of the Union address and the response from uh, uh, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds, uh, I think At Your Service means interaction. So phone lines are open. 314-436-7900. Call or text. I'd like to hear a couple of things. First, what did you think of the president's speech tonight? Did you hear anything in his speech that gave you encouragement, that uh, maybe made you angry? Also, uh, I've had three different friends of mine text me tonight saying that uh, they were playing the uh, Biden drinking game that every time he stumbles, they take a drink, uh, stumbles over his words, like when he called the Ukrainians, when he called them Iranians. Uh, I think that re- that required a double shot uh, if you were if you were playing that game. If I had three different friends of mine say, hey, Brad, I'm playing the Biden drinking game. So uh, hopefully— they weren't driving when they were playing that game. Hopefully, they were home and abiding by uh, all the laws uh, against drunk driving. We don't want that at all. So, uh, but I want to hear more about ideas, not just playing the Biden drinking game. Because uh, everybody who speaks for a living, myself at the top of that list, we make mistakes, and that's what happens when you talk. So I'm, I'm never very excited uh, about mocking uh, the president, regardless of whom he or she may be, uh, about when they make mistakes while speaking because those inevitably occur. Uh, But what I am interested in are the ideas that are expressed, the proposals that are advocated, the plans and and the path and the vision for how to get from where we are as a nation to where we need to be. Those are the things that I love to discuss. And there's nothing better than discussing that with you, 314-436-7900. I took some notes during the State of the Union address, and I'm going to to start diving into some of these ideas now. Uh, And we'll carry this on over into the next hour as well. And by the way, speaking of the next hour, you've heard this is a complete departure, but I've got to get him on. You've heard Dr. Michael Lynch before. You've heard him on Camo X. You've heard him on 97.1. He was on with Dave Glover for years and years. I've had him on at your service many times over the past few years. Uh, Dr. Michael Lynch is indescribable. Anyway, in the 1030, coming up around 1030 this evening, we're going to interview him. And I wanted to have him on because according to Dr. Lynch, he has spoken with a time traveler. And he's going to give us specific dates, not this, uh, you know, ambiguous, oh, we're going to go into a, a time of difficulty. Like, when has that ever not been the case? Uh, and I've mocked him on those kind of things before because I've never found, I think, I don't, I haven't found one thing I've agreed with Dr. Michael Lynch on ever. But he is entertaining. So he will be on to talk about uh, the, what the time traveler has told him about coming up events in the very near future, not 10 years from now, but weeks from now. Uh, and we'll be talking to him at 1030. So if you have to go and drink coffee now to stay awake, you're going to want to catch Dr. Michael Lynch. But in the meantime, in the next hour, we'll be talking, or the next uh, 40 minutes or so, we'll be discussing the State of the Union address and the GOP response from Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds. Uh, We don't have a lot of time left in this segment, but one of the issues that I want to touch upon is this. One of the things that, that... President Biden mentioned as something we can all agree on, that we can all agree on we should all come together and agree on. on, And he had a laundry list of things. One of them was no-knock warrants. Now, what's a no-knock warrant? A no-knock warrant is something that you have to get as a police officer or as a SWAT team. You have to get special warrant from a judge. And there has to be extenuating circumstances to give that warrant Because that that's when they just go and break down the door and they go in. Now, there's been a big push, particularly in light of events in Louisville over the past year uh, to ban no knock warrants. But what was interesting is in that speech, Biden said we need to be supporting our police. And he spent a great deal of time talking about the how he's against defunding the police. And of course, that's an election year position. But you cannot say in the same speech that you're for supporting the police and you're against no-knock warrants. Why? Because there's only one purpose of a no-knock warrant. That's to protect police. They're only given by judges in situations where people are known to have committed murder or violent crimes, and there are known criminals ready to and would have no hesitation about harming police. So let's just say, for example, hypothetically, we eliminate no-knock warrants and you're going to arrest the head of some local drug cartel who's known to kill people uh, with wanton abandon. And you just go and you knock on the door and you say, hello, it's the police, open up, please. That gives the criminals seconds to minutes To, number one, dispose of drugs, and number two, to grab weapons. So when those police officers come through the door, they are, at that point, sitting ducks. They're targets. They're targets. But the no-knock warrants allow them to take the criminals by surprise without alerting them to the fact that the police are ready to barge in through the door. And those warrants are already extremely difficult to get. Because the police and the prosecutors have to show that the defendant has a propensity to harm police officers. And once that, that standard is met, then a no-knock warrant can be given. So, President Biden, if you want to publicly say you support police, you cannot be against no-knock warrants. Those things are opposite. So. Anyway, we're going to go to a break here. When we come back, more of your calls, more of your texts, 314-436-7900. at your service on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours